Praise the Lord this morning. Take your Bibles from Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11. And uh, sorry if we seem a little disheveled today. It's been an interesting morning. Um, so you probably noticed the, the big bus is parked where it is right now because uh, went out this morning, wouldn't start. So started last night, went out, didn't start this morning. And I usually bring the shuttle bus keys in my pocket just in case something like this happens. Of course, this morning, wouldn't you know it, I didn't bring them. So I had to run back to the house, get the shuttle bus keys, take the shuttle bus out. We made it somehow still at quarter till 10, and uh, then we get everything going. This TV decides to act up, so it must be going to be a great morning this morning, amen? So uh, that's why we're kind of rushing around a little bit. Things were not, technology mostly is a wonderful thing, but sometimes it can really get you. But Luke chapter 11 this morning. And uh, we mentioned this morning already in Sunday school, tomorrow is September 11th, and uh, 22 years ago, America was attacked. We talked about that many, and he remembered that day, and remember what was going on, remember where you were. It's uh, very similar to those of a previous generation when JFK was assassinated. Everybody remembers where they were. My mom was in uh, high school, and she was, uh, remember, sitting at her desk in the uh, being the teacher being called out into the hall, and uh, coming back, you know, crying as that our president John F. Kennedy had been assassinated, and it's one of those things you remember what happened during that time. Many of our young people at that time, many of my generation, went to war as a result. Many friends of mine actually joined the army or air force or armed forces to fight the war on terrorism, and uh, thankful for their service. And there are still some today that look back to that day. And what is the phrase that we know so often we will never forget? Oh, how many have forgotten. Uh, I said we will never forget. And the reason for that phrase was, was because of the knowledge of the propensity of human beings to forget. And we as Christians can even forget. We can forget. And this morning's message title, what are you looking at? What are we focusing on today? Well, Jesus gives us an illustration of what our focus will bring into our life in Luke chapter 11, verses 33 through 36 this morning. What are we looking at when we look at our nation today? We're discouraged. Our nation is self-destructing, and it seems there's nothing we can do to stop it. But is there? Well, this morning, if we could stand together out of respect for the ring of the Word of God, we're going to read together Luke chapter 11. If you could follow along as I read this morning, beginning in verse number 33. No man, when he hath lighted a candle, putteth it in a secret place, neither under a bushel, but on a candlestick, that they which come in may see the light. The light of the body is the eye. Therefore, when thine eye is single, thy whole body also is full of light. But when thine eye is evil, thy body is also full of darkness. Take heed, therefore, that the light which is in thee be not darkness. If thy whole body, therefore, be full of light, having no part dark, the whole shall be full of light, as when the bright shining of a candle doth give thee light. Let's pray together. Dearly Father, I pray that you would guide us in your word today, that you would give me the words to say, give me clarity of thought. A lot of things have gone on this morning, Lord, but I pray as we focus our minds and our hearts on you and as we look to your word that we would understand what we've read today and that we would make some decisions about what we focus on. 
Lord, there's so many things to focus on today, so many things vying for attention. I pray today that we're focusing on you alone. I pray that you would give us wisdom, give us encouragement, Lord, give us hope as only you can. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. What are you looking at? We're always looking at something. I should say maybe looking to something. We're always looking to the future. We're looking to with the path ahead. Maybe we, we do spend time looking at the past. We can't live in the past because the past is gone. The future is ahead and we live in today. We can't change the past or the future, but we can only deal with today. What is going on today? And we've talked about this a lot. It's something a lot of people in our country talk a lot about. A lot of things going on in the world today that we're talking about. Because it seems, as it were, our country is self-destructing. It seems there's nothing that we can do to stop it. The world is self-destructing. What is going on? And depending on your focus, you can either bemoan the good old days of our nation or plead with God and shout God's truth from the housetop so that our nation has a chance. There's a lot of things going on in our city. What, what, are we, what can we do about it is maybe the question. Can I tell you something? There are many today who are looking for something true and real. And if we have God's salvation in our lives and we have the Holy Spirit in our heart, we have something to show them that is true and real. So many things disillusion people today. You think something's true and you find out it's not true. I mean, I don't think that's never happened to anybody in here, right? No, that's happened to all of us. And it seems more and more, no matter, it seems places of whether it be a news outlet or whether it be a person or whether it be a political figure, you thought they were telling you the truth and we're finding out more and more that there's a lot of mistruth, a lot of bending of the truth, a lot of outright lies that go on today. And we have the propensity, who can we trust? Well, you can trust God. You can trust his word. It's not going to change. But what is our focus on? If we focus on all of those things that disillusion and we focus on, we can get so caught up and wrapped up in all of the lies, get wrapped up in all of the negative things, all the things that our nation is self-destructing over and fighting over and bickering over and even focusing in what some Christian circles they're fighting over and bickering over. It seems all is lost. If we focus on that, oh boy, we're not going to be that light that Jesus speaks of here. No man, when he hath lighted a candle, put it, un, put it in a secret place, neither under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and they which come in may see the light. As a preacher, I know I'm supposed to be a Christian. I'm supposed to shine, but the darkness is so thick, I don't think my light makes a difference. How can our light, you know, because we're the minority, because we're the ones that, you know, are against everything. Everything seems to be against us. Can I tell you something? Don't believe the enemy. The enemy wants you to think that you're outnumbered. We're never outnumbered with God. Amen. We never are outnumbered with God. So that's number one this morning, our focus. What are we focusing on? You have two choices on which, two things on which to focus. And as many times as we look at the scripture, there's two choices. Two choices and two choices in the scripture, light or darkness. And we're going to look at what that light is. We're also going to look at what the darkness is. And which one we focus on will affect our spirit and our attitude. And there's going to be more on this tonight. There's the, the tonight's message is connected with this one. So come back tonight, 6 o'clock. Shameless plug, but no. Uh, so but come be back in the house of God this evening at 6, and uh, this will be an add-on to this here. 
So what's the first thing that we can choose? Well, we can focus on the light. So that's going to be our point number two. First is our focus, a bit of introduction. So number two, we need to focus on the light. You know, there's wonderful light in this world, and the light is in the gospel of Jesus Christ. The light of hope. The world is looking for hope. The world is looking for what is the answer to life? What is the answer to all of these questions? Got one answer. Jesus Christ is the answer. As well, really, is it that simple? Absolutely, yes. The gospel of Jesus Christ. This is why Jesus came and how glorious the light of the gospel is. Luke 4, 18 says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. There are those that are struggling today. There are those that are brokenhearted today to preach deliverance to the captives. There's people in bondage today asking for a way out and recovering of the sight to the blind to set at liberty them that are bruised. Oh, that's a description of people we see today, isn't it? By the way, there's always been those people there that have needed the gospel, and there always will be there. And there is the hope, and this is verse 19, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. We want to know the answer. We look at all of these things. You know, people are shouting climate change and all of these things, you know, and things are, things are ending. Can I tell you something? The world isn't going to end before God says so. Amen. Look at Revelation. It's not going to end until God says so. So we don't need to worry. Do we need to be good stewards of what God has given us? Absolutely. You know, should we be doing things to uh, destroy the world that we live in? No, we have to be good stewards. But still, God told us to have dominion and use the resources of earth. That's fine. But to do it responsibly is an important thing. That doesn't make you an environmentalist either. You know what an environmentalist is? Someone that worships the earth. We're now earth worshipers. Most of them do. Tree huggers are people that chain themselves to trees in the 60s and 70s in protest that were uh, pagan, many of them, and they worship trees. So, but we do need to be wise stewards of what God has given us. Amen? There's nothing wrong with that. We need to be wise stewards. However, we look at all these things and we focus so much on the being the good steward and people have lost hope. People are really afraid. That was very interesting. They did a poll recently and they talked to high schoolers and that 60% of high schoolers in public schools in the United States of America are fearful over climate change. That if they drive a car that runs on fossil fuels that they might cease to exist. They are genuinely afraid of that. Uh, there is about 30 to 40% of those 60% that say they have constant anxiety over climate change in things. You know, there's much more important things to be worried about in the world today than that. But this is what people are fearful of. Is there a hope for that? What does our focus need to be? Guess what? If we focus on all these small side issues, the devil loves to distract. And focus on all these side things, we miss the core point. What mankind needs is the gospel. The gospel is light. We which were dead in our trespass and sin, Jesus died on the cross to pay for our sins because of our sins. We were dead spiritually, we are blind, and we are on our way to eternal judgment. But, for, but John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have what everlasting life. That is the love of God. That's the hope people want to hear about. Amen. Isn't it? Oh, do we believe that? 
think that's what's wrong with our churches today. That we believe that they don't want to hear it because that's what we're told. But it's not true. So many people want to have hope. So many people commit suicide because they have no hope of life, but there's hope in Christ. Not only is the gospel light, the Bible itself is light. Psalm 119.18 says, Open thou mine eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. Do we desire that? We talked about that in Sunday school this morning with David. He desired to see what God wanted for him. He saw the light and he let the gospel, he let the Bible light his path. Guess what? If you focus on the word of God and you look at that light, the light of the body is the eye. Therefore, when that eye is single, the whole body is also full of what light? Are we singularly focused on the Bible? Is this where we gain our instruction? Is this where we gain our hope? If we're discouraged, get back in the Bible. You can get your hope back. If we have a lack of joy, we can get back in our Bible and meditate on how great and wonderful God is. No matter how dirty and horrible and broken this world is, God is wonderful. This is where our hope is. By the way, our hope is not in escaping reality. Because sometimes that's what we can do. We as well... You know, I'm just going to go and read my Bible and I'm going to escape reality for a little while and I'll feel better. <clears throat> the Bible is not your cell phone. The Bible is an instruction manual for how we still function in the world today. Because this world isn't going to change unless God's people who have a singular focus on the Word of God and a singular focus on the Lord, there's no way that we're going to be able to shine as lights in the world. You must have a singular focus, a singular belief. As description of this is given in Acts 2.46, and they continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and what it here it is, singleness of heart is that your solely focus, your sole focus is on the things of God. Your sole focus mentally, emotionally, spiritually, your body and your mind and soul is focused on the light of God. That is your focus. We ought to live every part of our life. It, was, it says in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, and all thy ways acknowledge him, not just some of the ways, not just the ways that make you sad, not just some of the ways that get you discouraged, but all thy ways acknowledge him. And he will what? He'll direct your path. Let your whole soul and spirit be full of God's word. Let it shine. You know, we sing that song. You know, we teach it to the kids. You know, we think it's just a kid's song. I think a lot of Christians need to sing it too. You know, this little light of mine, right? This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, right? We get our, get our light out. We teach our kids. We teach our little kids. Oh, that's so cute. But do we believe it as adults? Are we going to let it shine? Don't let Satan it out. Whoa, we let that happen a lot, don't we? Oh, that's what's going on today. And the devil is blowing a hurricane force wind. And guess what? Uh, your light, because it's miraculous and it's supernatural and it's God's light, you can't, the hurricane of the devil can't blow it out. But don't let Satan it out. I'm going to let it shine. I won't let Satan it out. I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. You always, oh, that's so great. We teach that to the kids. But do we live by, live by that as adults? Is that the example we give? Are we going to let the light shine? The truth of the word of God? 
We are instructed to let our light shine. Don't be ashamed of it. Let your light shine. And that doesn't mean just putting your head down and hoping no one notices you. Paul said, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Let your mouth be open. You know, they... um, you know, back in the back in the back in the day, you know, it says, you know, that, uh, you know, when you came out as a homosexual, he said, you know, you came coming out of the closet. You know what's happened? A lot of preachers have said over the years, the gays are out of the closet. Now the Christians are in. And now we don't want people to know I'm a Christian. But he said, aren't we to go to be in our prayer closet? We ought to spend our time in prayer. We ought to, yes, to go in and get a hold of God, then to go out in the power of the Spirit of God to win the victory for Him. We're not to hide in the prayer closet. Prayer is the most important thing we can do, but also it enables us to go out and do something for God. Are we shouting the truth from the housetops? And it seems to be there's fewer and fewer voices that are willing to, to focus on the light. But what happens when we focus on the darkness? We see here in Luke 11, but when thine eye is evil, thy body is also full of darkness. Take heed therefore that the light which is in thee be not darkness. When we focus on the darkness, what happens? Oh, it's discouraging to focus on the darkness. I think a lot of people do that. You listen to a lot of even conservative or Christian commentators and things are focusing on the darkness. I understand we have to deal with the darkness. We live in it. But if we are day in and day out, that's all we're focused on is the darkness and the bad things. Doesn't it seem if you read the news, doesn't that seem to be all that is there? All darkness, darkness, darkness. And you know what? Whenever you focus on that, you are going to have a heart that is discouraged, a heart that is hopeless, You are going to have a discouragement and you're not going to be ready for the battle ahead. Do we focus on that? The devil wants you to think you're outnumbered. No one wants to hear you. No one's going to listen to you if they do hear you. We talked about this on Wednesday night. It's hopeless. There's no hope there. Well, let's look at 2 Kings chapter 6. Turn over there. Turn to 2 Kings chapter 6. And this is a very famous account. And this really shows the illustration here of what we're talking about here, what our focus is. And in 2 Kings chapter 6, we look at verses 15 through 20. So, it's Elisha and his servant. And they're in Samaria. Now, king of Assyria had come. Sennacherib had come and surrounded their city. They were under siege. They were outnumbered thousands to one. And the servant was discouraged. The focus of one of Elisha is on the light. The focus on the other is the darkness. The one focused on the solution. The other focused on the problem. When we start focusing on God as the solution to everything, and the Bible is the solution to everything, even no matter how much the world says, it's not the solution. Can I tell you something, not only from what God says of himself, but personal experience in my own life and the lives of other people, I've seen it. It is the solution to every problem. It is the solution to every problem. I'll say it again. It's the solution to every problem. And if we had lived by it, a lot of our problems would be cleared up. A lot of our issues. We're still going to face battles, but how do you win? Follow the strategies that God gives you. But 2 Kings 6, verse 15, And then when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, an host encompassed the city both with horses and chariots. 
And his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? What is he saying? What, what are we going to do? They're, they have chariots and they have horses. They have an army. We don't even have a sword. What are we going to do? What's going to happen? I think a lot of us are asking the question. We see what's going on in our country today. And we, have, we raise our hand. What are we going to do? What's going to happen? What are we going to do? And here are the words as if from the words of the mouth of Jesus himself. What is it? Fear not. If you're anxious and afraid today, you don't need to be. Fear not. For they that be with us are more than they that be with them. Now, the servant is probably thinking, okay, I think Elisha's been out in the sun a little too long. Because last time I counted, it was just him and I. Or him and me. Say him and I. I want to make sure I get my grammar right here. Two people. Now they're surrounded by a host, and maybe there were a few other believers with them, but they are surrounded. They are completely cut off. Humanly speaking, they don't have a chance. They don't have one chance of survival. There's no way they can win this. You know what? If you look at the Word of God, you see over and over and over and over and over again One or two people. We see David and Goliath. One man submitted to God overcame the giant. Now two who love the Lord and are servants of God. And Elisha, not even batting an eyelash, says, and Elisha prayed. said, okay, Lord, you're going to have to help him out. And said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. So let's pause for a moment. So what's going on with the servant? He's focusing on the darkness. He can't see. When your eyes are full, of, full on in the darkness, you can't see what's in front of you. If you focus on the darkness, uh, ever looked into a really dark night and for some reason you hear something out there and you peer into that darkness and you look at it and you try and somehow you think you're going to develop night vision just like that? And you think in your brain, it's like, well, maybe if there's just a little bit more light and you're focusing and your eyes are straining, but you're not going to be able to see anything in that darkness. And guess what? Well, as long as the devil has us looking at the darkness, he says, great, you're not looking at the light. You can't see where you're going. It's exactly where he wants us. And so he wants us. And when we, since we can't see where we're going, we can't see what's going on. We give up and we quit. The servants say, okay, Elisha, we need to put up the white flag here. We need to wave the white flag of surrender because it's over. But Elisha said, Lord, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. Pause here for a moment. Those of you who are older in the Lord, our senior saints, you need to be the ones that lead the way. For the younger ones, because the younger ones are the ones that say, how can we do this? How shall we do? As this servant said, you know, it's your job to say, look at him. There's more that are with us than with them. That's your job. Next Sunday is Grandparents Sunday. So bring your grandparents. If you're a grandparent, you're going to get something special. We'll be in a church next week. But if you have your grandparents in town, they live in the area, bring them into church next week. 
And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. And when they came down to him, Elisha prayed unto the Lord and said, Smite this people, I pray thee, with blindness. And he smote them with blindness according to the word of Elisha. And Elisha said unto them, This is not the way, neither is this the city. Follow me, and I will bring you to the man whom ye seek. But he led them to Samaria, and it came to pass when they were coming to Samaria that Elijah said, O Lord, upon the eyes of these men that they may see. And the Lord opened their eyes, and they saw, and behold, they were in the midst of Samaria. So the servant got scared and saw only the darkness, and then God brought an impossible victory, smote them with blindness. And Elijah says, hey, I'm not the guy you're looking for. It was. They were actually looking for him. As you know, I'm not the guy you're looking for, but I'll tell you, take you to him. You know, what's the amazing thing to me is they actually followed him. Maybe they thought they'd get their sight back. I don't know. And they got back and he led them away and let them go. An impossible situation. I said, you know, preacher, this is the Old Testament. That type of thing doesn't happen anymore. Oh, really? Maybe not in the overt physical sense like this, but in the spiritual sense, absolutely. That the, the things of the, the, the plans of the evil one are confounded. Elisha was singularly looking at the light so that the darkness did not scare him. How do we become not fearful of the darkness? We look at the light. And heavenly host was ready to fight the battle. I wonder how many heavenly hosts are ready to battle on our side, but we never show up to the battle. We say, I'm done. It's not, a, I can't do it. There's no way we're going to win this fight, so I'm just going to wave the light flag. How many heavenly hosts were there waiting to aid and to win the battle, and we didn't show up? The battle that could have been won for the Lord has been left on fought. And I firmly believe that is what has happened to America. We've gotten our eyes off the battle. The devil has distracted. Christians have turned on Christians in many, many ways. Now the devil's carefully laid plans for America and the world are coming to fruition and unopposed. And we've been caught flat-footed. Why? We got focused on the darkness. We got focused on the darkness. Well, what's the solution? Very simple solution. If we're focused on the light, and then we're going to let our light shine. If we're focused on the darkness, our light is going to be hid from those that need to see it. And there's people that need to see your light. Don't get discouraged in letting your light shine for the Lord Jesus Christ. You're going to endure some persecution. Jesus said, Marvel not if the world hates you. If the world hates you, you're doing something right. Amen. But there are victories that God is winning. It's like, well, you know, we're never going to go back to see it the way it used to be. Our country's never going to come back. We don't know that. All we can do is pray and let our light shine and do our part and bring people to him. Don't look at the problems. Look at the opportunities. It's a great way of perspective. We can look at all oh, this, all these problems. How about we look at the opportunities to see God work and win a victory? Don't focus on the lies. Instead, focus on the truth and combat with the truth. Like, how can these people lie? The devil lies and is the father of it. They're just following their father, that's all. How can people lie like that? Because they're human beings. And we're flawed and we're sinful. But yet God forgives. 
And God gives truth to combat that with. Don't focus on those that combat us. Focus on the souls that need to hear. Don't focus on what names they call you. Focus on what Jesus will say to those who faithfully serve him. So a question this morning, where will your focus be? Where is your focus right now as a preacher? It's not on the folk, it's not on the light. I can tell you that. As I'm discouraged, I'm down, I'm in the dark. You can change that today by a simple change of focus. As I'm not going to focus on the negative anymore. I'm not going to, and you might need to take steps because some people are more sensitive to darkness than others. Some, some people have sensitive spirits that they can't deal with darkness. And it bothers them. You might need, you know what the battle, the thing is, well, I need to isolate myself and hide. No, you might need more time in the scripture, more time in encouragement and limit your exposure to darkness so that you can remain encouraged and have joy and peace in your heart. But whatever we do, no man, when he hath lighted a candle, putteth it in a secret place, neither under a bushel, but on a candlestick, where all can see that they which come in may see the light. Are we willing to be that one that is placed on the candlestick? And one that is placed on the candlestick is one that people notice. God notices. Those that are looking for hope notice. The devil also notices because he doesn't want you on that candlestick. And say, well, I'm afraid of what the devil might throw at me. You're focused on the wrong thing. The devil's going to throw things at you. But what did, what did we learn from David over the, la- over the summer? Oh, the devil threw all kinds of things at him. But he decided, you know what? I'm going to be faithful to God. I'm going to love God. And God always brought him through. If you look at this book, over and over and over and over again, insurmountable odds, the devil, the evil forces are attacking and God brings them through. Amen. So if he brought them through, he's going to bring you through. Don't doubt God's word and his promises. He'll bring you through. Focus on that light today so that your whole body may be full of light and then we'll have power to serve. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you will bless our time together in invitation today. And Lord, I don't know, maybe one today, they never have known you as their Savior. They never once have come to you and asked forgiveness of sin and trusted you wholly. Maybe there are some listening online or maybe listening this morning that they have trusted their goodness, they have trusted baptism, they have trusted church membership. Whatever it is, Lord, we know that salvation is only in thyself. It is a free gift, not earned or lost by our will, but given and sealed under the day of redemption by thy Holy Spirit. I pray today that as we come to you as, your simple, as simple people, you are high and you are mighty, Lord, yet you love us. So help us to see that. Help us to see the light and turn from the darkness. Bless, I pray, this time. And if any are not saved this morning, Lord, that they would come to you. And Lord, you want to save them. I know that you will. In Jesus' name, amen.